This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. And I'm RJ Baylog. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order to release. This week, we get seduced by young women so they can further their performing careers for once. As we watch spine number 81 of the Criterion Collection, Variety Lights from 1951, directed by Federico Fellini and Alberta Latuda. But first, RJ, October is fucking over. Yeah, it came and uh, went like a whirlwind, baby. Mm-hmm. And uh, like just like as like the calendar turns over, uh, we're getting snow, <laughs> like <laughs> any any minute. And uh, yeah. I I was up last night when the uh, the clock tur- hit midnight, and it was exactly at midnight that the first snow started to fly. There you go. Because we were getting uh, rain all night, and uh, then the snow hit right as soon as it was November first. So I guess you know. At least it waited till November, but mm-hmm. I would be happy if it didn't snow until like December. Yeah, like Dece- you can't win them all. Give it December fourth. That's a good. That's a good date. What what significance is that? Is that the day that your plan goes off? Yeah. Oh well, yeah. I won't be around anymore. It'll just be you suckers that deal with it. Yeah. When you poison the reservoir. <laughs> yes, right. After, so, uh, after I happy rolled, Halloween. After, happy Halloween. Yeah. You were going to talk about your plan to poison the reservoir, no, weren't you? No, but after, before, uh, that's after I uh, uh, have the heist at the gala. Uh, yeah, when you steal all the precious artwork. But yeah, happy Halloween. But, How was your uh, yeah. Halloween-y night? It was actually pretty fun, man. Um, so the last uh, three years, uh, we lived downtown, and we were too close to like the uh, the business streets. Uh, so there wasn't, we didn't get a lot of high traffic for like trick or treaters. I think the just, most we just ever the got. Raff. Yeah. Well, no, it's just like people who lived on that street with us. The most we ever got was six all together. Like trick or treaters and handing out candy because it's super fun. And uh, we're in this new place and it's a pretty familial. That's a word. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a pretty family oriented neighborhood. Young families. So we got like. Young families, yeah. We got uh, some trick-or-treaters, baby, and uh, I was really excited, so I, I even decorated the outside, put up some streamers, some twirly birds. Uh, I had some pumpkins and some limbs, some really spooky-ass skeletons. You know the deal. Uh, and we got trick-or-treaters, and it was really fun. Um, uh, I tallied it. We got 56 all together. Uh, I think we would have got twice as that uh, as many as that but uh, like i said it was raining and it was really cold mm-hmm. so um we got trick-or-treaters from about 5 30 to 8 and it was mostly kids under 10 with their parents ah. so uh we did get one kid uh i opened the door and there was this really tall kid with a little stubble mm-hmm. and he was like trick-or-treat <laughs> and i was like how old are you uh and he was like well i'm 14 he's like this is the last year i'll do it and he was just by himself, and he was dressed up like a banana. So I gave him some candy, and I was like, "You, I was like, you go have fun, buddy." <laughs> and he was like, "Thanks," and he, he like ran away. Uh, so that was the oldest kid we got. There was a group of girls that also looked too old to trick or treat, and I almost asked them how old they were. And then I was like, "Wait a minute, I could go to jail if I do that." Well, I yeah. <laughs> and then you combine so, that with the fact that you don't wear pants when you answer the door. I mean, Jesus. Yeah, there there were some pretty scared kids. Uh, actually, one thing was really funny. Uh, I have this like severed arm by the door, mm-hmm. uh, squished between some pumpkins. And uh, one one parent was walking his like five six year old boy to the door, and the dad was like, "Look, an arm!" And the kid was like, "Ah!" 
and like screams. <laughs> um, I thought that was really funny. So, good stuff. I uh, I actually good had stuff. the uh, a double uh, check myself because uh, we were like leaving a restaurant and going through the parking lot, and just out of the corner of my eye, I saw like an arm hanging out of a, a trunk, and I went, "What nice. the what the fuck?" And I'm like, "Oh, right, Halloween." Oh, Halloween. Yeah. I'm surprised you weren't like uh, because of all the movies you were watching. I'm surprised you weren't more like desensitized to that and just be like, yeah, there would be arms hanging out of yeah, trunks. I, yeah, I guess people do kill one another, and sometimes they throw those bodies in the back of a trunks. Yeah, I guess sometimes they're a little that's, sloppy. That's just what you got to do. Yeah. So uh, I take it you didn't hand out candy because you're mm, a ghoul. No, we live in a uh, our building like. It doesn't have like a, a welcoming entrance at all. Mm. Um, and usually those people would uh, go to the upstairs neighbors, but we currently have uh, no one up there. And uh, so th- no one came, no one comes ever. And we don't really advertise to come to the back door of this building. I don't think anyone mm-hmm. would. So uh, we've had in eight years, zero trick-or-treaters. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. But that's uh, sad. It's, it's fine. I can I can peep people. Story from your the, life. I can though, hide. Hey, behind, no one came. Hey, I I can hide behind the bushes and come all t- all the time. Mm. Oh God, you made that sound sound weirder than it even could have been. <laughs> like that would be weird if like a normal guy said it. You'd be like, oh, that's creepy. But the way you said it, it was like, ooh. It's, it's about ooh. being it's about being matter of fact. Yeah, you should have put up a, a sign like written on the back of a pizza box that said "candy in back," <laughs> so that kids could have known to come to the back entrance. Candy with a K. Yeah, candy in back. Uh, well, I feel bad for you, but maybe one day you'll live in a cool neighborhood where there's lots of kids. Because it's fun, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a, a horror movie on in the background, and uh, I got a good workout walking up and down the stairs, uh, answering the door for the trick-or-treaters. Um, it was a blast. Oh, awesome. So much fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, yesterday, uh, while sitting on the couch, uh, my cat uh, started like looking off into the distance weird. Cock, cock-headed, his ears are all off, and I'm like, that usually means he hears something that I'm not hearing. And then I kind of, mm-hmm. like, stop watching the movie I'm watching, hit pause, and I hear this, like, dripping sound. And I go to investigate, and sure enough, there's, like, a multiple dripping sounds, and there's this water coming in from the ceiling in the boiler room. So mm. uh, this is amazing. This is, like, really making me happy on Halloween. Uh, so Right now, there's no one upstairs, uh, like I mentioned. And mm-hmm. uh, so I have to call the landlord. The landlord doesn't answer her phone. I call her house, talk to her, like, teenage son, and explain what's going on. Mm. He gets a hold of the landlord. Uh, landlord's at, like, her exercise class or something like that. But she shows nice. up, like, nice. 15 minutes later. And uh, I go up there with her. Because, like, basically the only thing we can figure is that it's, like, the toilet. Because that's what mm-hmm. is above the boiler room upstairs. And uh, we go in there, and first I'm like, okay, there's, like, nothing wrong in here. Like, there's, like, not this, like, huge, like, f- inch of water just sitting around. But then uh, mm-hmm. I turn the flashlight on my uh, iPod, and then sure enough, my goal, there's, like, this pool of water around the toilet for some reason. And then she's like, the toilet's cracked. And I mm. couldn't help but think of R.J. Baylog <laughs> at that moment. <laughs> and your, and your uh, da- battle-damaged toilets. Um, yeah, I've cracked a few in my day. Yeah, let well, me tell you, so, man, it, so, it's, so, it's not fun. So this one was cracked like right around the like midway point of the tank itself. It just oh yeah, it just cracked and water yep. just started coming out and uh, down through the floor. Classic yeah. case of heavy dumps. Yeah, 
Yeah, it sounds like uh, you had a dark water situation on your hand. Ah, uh, yes. Well, I mean, we won't talk about like the uh, dead Asian girl that's in the uh, weird side shed on the property. Mm-hmm. We just won't talk about that. Yeah, and but... anyone who hasn't seen that movie is just going to assume that you killed an, a young Asian lady, and mm-hmm. that's fun too. That's fun too. That's, I'm, that's yep. fine. That, yeah, you're saying, okay I'm with that. I'm not saying anything that's not true here. Um, so anyway, that was fortunately resolved within like 45 minutes. So Halloween was saved. Yep. Hooray. It couldn't have happened to a worse guy. That's true words. I mean, I'm killing Asian women, so that's pretty. That's pretty bad, right? Well, I'm happy you Any got it women. resolved. Yeah, yeah. We we hit some sticky situations like that in our old rental, and it's Ugh. it's never fun because, as you said, I've cracked a lot of toilets. When you get up there and to punish that porcelain, and you really give it your all, when you go full Tom Arnold on that thing, they can't always make it. You know, raining that ass down on it. Raining ass. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that's fun. I'm glad you had a good Halloween, too. Mm-hmm. Well, RJ, um, yep. I don't know how you want to do this. I think we discussed it here uh, before recording, mm. and uh, I don't know if uh, there's going to be another ghoul school this weekend, but perhaps we can just get it out of the way right now, forcing our Criterion-only <laughs> listeners to hear us blather on about horror movies for a little bit. Uh, I prefer that because if anyone did skip the ghoul schools, I I, I think you're weak. And uh, you you need to bear through it because we bared through some shit for you. That's right. For, for the fans. So you got to bear through it too. But no, I think that's a good call because I don't have that many. Well, yeah, because so like it, we, it's we, not a whole episode. We, we recorded on Sunday and like it's only been two days since then between that, mm-hmm. Monday, Tuesday. So it's like uh, two days. We didn't watch that many things. So I think we can knock them out right now. And we'll talk about the bigger deals and more in depth, I guess. So yeah, I'll knock you out right now. All right, then RJ. Nice. Go. Tell us. Oh, what, what did you creep? Well, I'm all talk. Uh, I did some creeping uh, a few days before Halloween and then on the day itself. Um, one thing I watched, I'm just going to mention quickly, is this movie called Dementia. Dementia? Yes. Uh, this is an old movie. Yes. It's from 1955. <laughs> uh, it's 50 minutes long, which is exactly why I creeped it. Uh, it is a silent film, kind of. Mm-hmm. There's no talking. But there is a scene where there's this fat bastard that looks like Orson Welles eating chicken for like six minutes. Yep. And that's cool. Uh, this movie's like a dream sequence yep. of a lady having a tough go. And, some, you know, it's okay. Some might even say it's Lynchian. A little Lynchian. Yeah, it is kind of. Like, it has some cool segments. Like, uh, I don't know, there's a, cool, a few cool, like, dream logic things that are cool. Like, she's walking through a graveyard and then she sees her dad. And her dad just like slaps her and she's like, oh, and then like he drink, he goes to drinking and then she like walks away and you're like, OK, cool, cool. <laughs> but uh, on the whole, um, I don't know. It's fine. It's a it's a movie that has a gimmick of no talking. So mm-hmm. there you go. You that did, was a movie you, you, I watched. You, you didn't watch the uh, Ed McMahon narrated version. There was a narrated version. Yeah. With, with Ed McMahon. No, I didn't watch that. Yeah, that, that's also on that DVD. Well, shit, I would have watched that over nothing. <laughs> I oh. I don't know if it's actually any good. It's it's kind of cheesy in a fifty sort mm-hmm. of way. Well, I probably would have preferred that, but whatever. That movie is okay. It's fine. Yeah, I, I'm sure people see if you like creep lists and stuff. I better pop up on a lot of lists because of the gimmick of mm-hmm. what it is. But uh, nah, it's skippable. Um, so I watched this other movie. Uh, called Behind the Mask. 
mm-hmm. Rise of Leslie Vernon. Yep. Uh, and this is a movie that I heard about uh, on a different show uh, one time. It's like a mockumentary about slashers, like about a slasher killer, yeah. such as Michael Myers, Freddy Krueger, and Jason Voorhees. Yeah, it's like a uh, world where they really they, exist. Like, yeah, where they really exist, and uh, they are um, talked about a lot in the movie itself, about how they are uh, the big three. They're like, oh, yeah, those guys were the masters. They were the best. Um, So they talk about them a lot. And uh, this came out in 2006, which I think would have been, like, peak The Office. Like, I think that was in, like, season two or three or something at that time. So I I can just imagine Mm. someone at the time was like, let's make The Office about serial killers. Yeah, it it predates. Or no. It's before. That was, like, NBC Office was, like, a little, like, a year or two after that or like around the same time but like okay. it was definitely British office had that influence um speaking yeah. speaking from my own uh experience having made a uh, a mockumentary sort of thing in my time Ooh, so it's cringy. like yeah exactly is that why you hate this thing so much? I saw you gave this a one star. Oh, I think. No, I, I totally I absolutely hate this thing. I think it's okay. like it's super shitty and okay, uh, hold it's on. not uh, funny. So anyway, I'm I'm going to talk about it a little more. Yeah. So <laughs> Because you hate it. So you follow this one guy who's like trying to be a serial killer. And uh, he talks to this like documentary crew. And they're just kind of showing him like his prep work and what he does. And uh, then they go out with him when he's like starts killing people, setting up the big finale. And it's comedy. So I watched this thing. And I knew that you hated this thing. (laughs) And uh, I thought it was all right. Like, I don't, th- I don't think it's amazing. Like, because I think when I heard it about this, people were talking about, like, how good this thing is. And I was like, hmm, let's see. And then I saw I saw a lot of people give it five stars and four stars. And then I saw old Jarrett Duncan there with his lonely one star, which is uh, mm-hmm. the case in lots of movies. <laughs> uh, wow, not really. You have to be pretty stinky to get one star. Though, yeah, I, RJ, I, I did notice uh, recently that uh, you, you gave Avatar one star. Did I? Yep. Uh, that was probably when uh, <laughs> uh, when when we've talked about before how I uh, when you first get on here you're like pretty hot and loose with the uh, fast and loose even with the ratings, but uh, Avatar is kind of stinky though. But it's not that bad. It's just no, like, it's not. Yeah. I'll, I'll I'll revoke that one. I'll just yeah. leave it un unrated. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so I thought this thing was okay. Uh, I thought the guy who was the lead, I thought he actually had a, a couple pretty good jokes. Um, Anything that I could say off my top of my head, no. Mm-hmm. But uh, when I was watching it, there was every now and then he'd make a face or something, and I was like, "Oh, that's funny, good stuff." Uh, Andrea watched this with me, and uh, she really hated the lead actress because she had an underbite, and she was always like, Ugh. and she's like, "Fuck that lady looks weird." Um, <laughs> but uh, I think it was fine. I don't like. I don't think it's great. I'll probably never watch it again. But I didn't think it was the uh, the sh- shit house that Jared Duncan did. So yeah, no, this I, I fucking hate this movie. It's like yeah. I hate I hate this shit. Uh, I watched it after the fact too. Like uh, yeah, but like, like so it came out in two thousand six. And actually, I looked it up. Office US started in two thousand five, but that was like it only did those six episodes. Ah. So like, I yeah. I don't think that movie would have been this, this stuff would have been probably made beforehand and like it was probably sure. more inspired by like office uk and uh like kind of like Fishing the, with john the, the, like spinal tap kind of idea like just yeah because like, yeah. there's also a uh, future creep for us is uh the criterion film uh, man bites dog which is mm-hmm. essentially what behind the mask does again but 
uh, more like the, a, a kind of comedy-ish route, whereas Man Bites Dog is kind of like edgy satire. And we'll, mm. one day we'll talk about that movie more. Um, okay. Yeah, this, I don't know. I I didn't even finish it. I just, I thought it mm. sucked horribly. Like, Where I, did I, you I, cash out? Oh, like not very, Do you remember? Not, not very far in. Like I, I really mm. hated it. That's where my uh, review went. It's just like I, I, I don't want this in my life. I hate this <laughs> sort of stuff. Uh, this, these people should make real movies instead, or like mm. make something that at least I would find funny. But yep. so. And you own this thing? Yeah, I do. A physical copy of this movie yep. that you hate. Yep, I still had one. It was actually it's on my uh, yep. out the door bin. And then when, uh, I saw, I when you when you made the request for this, I was like, well, I'll. Uh, <laughs> I'll uh, pull it out of there. There's a few. Movie, there's yeah. a few of those movies that are in that uh, stack that you lent, or I borrowed, or I borrowed you. That you borrowed me, yeah. such as uh, that movie. And then, what are some of the other worst movies I watched this year that you love? Other oh, movies like I that. I don't know if you really got to those ones. Yeah, you didn't. Death, Deathline is probably on your no, way out. I, I, I'll hold on to that. Just because it's uh, Gary yeah. Sherman, but yeah. uh, I, I won't spoil it. I don't want to. Mm. <laughs> you still have yeah. it's the ones you haven't watched yet. Yeah, I still have about twenty movies of yours that I will watch in the next month or two. Okay. So actually, I was gonna say, you know what's nice? Uh, I'm. It's kind of sad that I didn't get as many movies watched as I did last year. Last year I had like seventy some, and this year I had forty two. Um, I would have liked more. That's still not bad, but, but uh, I actually. I think last year I really burnt myself out on horror and I didn't watch horror again until like April or something <laughs> like yeah, that, like March no. or April. I, I, so, I, uh, yeah, I went, I cut way back after October yeah. last year too. Like I watched very few and like, well, a lot of the stuff I did watch was like rewatches and whatnot. So, yeah. So I really burnt myself out last year and then I didn't watch any horror for like six months or something. But, uh, this year I, I feel pretty good. I can keep this going for a little bit. Nice. Uh, and if anyone doesn't like that, well then too bad, baby. I'll throw in some pornos from uh, Jim Wynorski just to spice things up in between. But, mm-hmm. well, anyways, yeah, Rise of Leslie Vernon. Uh, I didn't think it was bad. Uh, I, I won't watch it again, though, ever. So, and you hate it. So there you go. Hot yep. recommendation. Uh, so then me and Andrea um, on uh, Halloween Day, uh, I, it was really hard trying to get her to find something that she would like. Uh, I started a couple movies, and within the first five minutes, she was like, nope, <laughs> nope. And I was like, oh, fuck, what am I going to do? Uh, so I popped on some 80s classics, uh, the Ghoulies mm-hmm. franchise. Yeah. Uh, me and Andrea watched Ghoulies and Ghoulies 2. Mm-hmm. Um, she actually liked these, which I thought was pretty good. Hmm. Uh, so Ghoulies. Even that Ghoulies first one, one, huh? Yeah, Ghoulies 1 has, it actually, so, okay. Okay, so Ghoulies 1 is an 80s movie where there is a satanic cult that is going to sacrifice a baby and there's these ghoulies they're like these little puppet monster things one looks like a toad man uh gill man type of thing another looks like a really deranged cat uh one is just like basically a little devil goblin they're like little goblins yeah um so there's a cult they're going to sacrifice a baby and then a lady saves a baby uh and then the baby grows up and comes back to where the cult was and then the dude is like 30 and then he gets obsessed with it and then he resurrects the ghoulies himself and uh hilarity ensues <laughs> is what i would say yeah. um so i've heard uh i've heard mixed things about the ghoulies franchise as a whole i was gonna try to watch them all but it didn't happen um so i've heard some people have like nostalgic love for the, the series some people like it as a uh kind of looking back as a joke kind of thing and then some people just don't like it it seems well yeah cause i think it all comes <clears> down <throat> to those like vhs covers 
when you're a kid and seeing those yeah. things that are pretty creepy and scary because they're crawling out of toilets. Wait, and, wait. Yeah. And, they, and they had the slogan, they'll get you in the end. They'll and get then, you. So I think there was like times maybe where a kid like would go into the bathroom late at night and they'd mm-hmm. go sit on that toilet and they were just afraid like, what if a ghoulie comes out of the toilet? They, and they've never seen a ghoulie movie. They just assume that like ghoulies live because like they're kind of poop looking. It just happens. They look like poop creatures. Yep. And then maybe these things eat mm-hmm. poop and sometimes they get hungry and they'll eat your dick off. Oh God! You know, yeah, that's a constant fear of mine. But yeah. um, no, that, so that's, ghoulies... oh, maybe that's why that toilet got cracked upstairs. Because of a ghoulie? Yeah, because there's no Fuck, one up there. I wouldn't there. be surprised. There's yeah, man, there's running around up there. I bet there's at least the gill man and that cat thing are up there. Oh yeah. So uh, <laughs> so dick. we watch it <laughs> eating dicks. <Ugh. laughs> um, so we watch ghoulies. Uh, and it's not bad. Um, I think it, I think people I could recommend this to someone if they wanted to like have a, a light-hearted '80s film that actually kind of kind of takes itself seriously. Yeah. Um, it it has some funny stuff, but I don't think it's entirely intentional. Mm-hmm. Like, there's this really Guido guy who's walking around like flicking condoms, and he's just like, "What's up, baby?" And he's like flexing a lot. That yeah. guy's kind of funny to watch, but. Mm-hmm. I think it's like kind of intentional, but it's funny, not exactly the way they wanted it to be. Um, so that's okay. And uh, some of the ghoulie kills aren't bad. Um, this movie could definitely use more ghoulies. Yeah, I think is the biggest thing. That's all I remember. There, there's just not enough ghoulies. But uh, there, there's a few times that um, there's a few scenes that are pretty rad. So I think ghoulies is okay. Ghoulies two is pretty pretty dope. Uh, I think. So Ghoulies 2 is the Ghoulies leave the house in the first one, and then they see a traveling circus, like carnival uh, fair type of deal, and they're like, like, let's go there. And then they start living in the, the spook house at the circus yep. or at the carnival, and uh, they live there, and then people come in and they just kill the people for real, but other people think it's part of the spook house, and right. then it attracts big crowds. And I think that is like the best idea for a movie ever <laughs> and, and, um, and you get to see ghoulies walking around doing stuff yeah 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 they definitely had an increase in production uh they got money and they actually made like pretty decent little ghoulies like little miniatures and um you get to see them doing stuff and it's pretty funny because they're just like real real shitty little dudes and they're <laughs> um and that's cool and then there's a giant ghoulie at one point which is also really cool uh, I don't know, and th- this one's good too. I like this one also, so I- I'm on board with this Ghoulies franchise. I can't wait to watch Ghoulies three, Ghoulies go to college, mm-hmm. uh, and then Ghoulies four, which is directed by my buddy Jim Winorski. So and then you got all I'll- those, and then you got all those critters, and then I'm gonna watch some critters, and then maybe Puppet Master, some Hobgoblins. And, uh, oh boy, yeah! If you love uh, Criterion Creeps show for uh, the movies about '80s goblin demon things. You're in for a treat in the next couple months. Um, I'll, I'll kind of just mention here. I, uh, I watched, I rewatched Chud. That was my only rewatch this oh, uh, yeah. whole month. I forgot. Yeah. To, I, I didn't mention that one because I was like, oh, early, yeah. I was like early in the month, and I we didn't do Ghoul School for a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I watched that, and the the most memorable thing about that is the score for that movie is fantastic. Like it's yeah. uh, very. Uh, dirgy synthy uh drony like i just like thought mm-hmm. if that was like stand out i would like actually like to get the vinyl of that but the movie itself yeah. is like kind of boring <laughs> like yeah. there's like just not much happening it's like it has an interesting idea like it's actually trying to be a straight up movie but then other times it's just like 
what why is this a comedy now and then like the the gore and effects are just far and few between mm-hmm. um but i did watch chud 2 and like mm-hmm. unlike ghoulies 2 uh chud 2 does not step up the chud count in fact oh. it has it has absolutely nothing to do with chuds is it about a zombie yeah it's zombies but they, but the but, chud. But, but they call them chuds uh, yeah, so there's That's Bud dumb. the Chud. So Bud the Chud is the last remaining Chud from the first movie, even though mm-hmm. he doesn't look anything at all like any of the Chuds did in that first movie. Like, he's just a zombie mm-hmm. guy. He's not like a mutant. It's yeah. ridiculous. It's, I don't understand uh, the point of this movie other than, like, it is a, like, very much, like, late 80s, like, horror comedy. Uh, mm-hmm. Trying really hard. Uh, it's, like, bad, but, like, inoffensively bad, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um there's like not much to remember about this movie other than it has the Bud the Chud theme song where the guy just goes, Bud mm-hmm. the Chud, Bud the Chud. That's about it. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah. My, my other note here was uh, remember carpeted toilet seat covers? Yeah. People still have those. I know. And they, they, mm. uh, how do you feel about those, RJ? Uh, I think we had one in the 90s. Yeah. Do you have them still? Well, no. Well, not the seat, the cover, right? Yeah. Okay. No, we don't have them still. Uh, I'm neither for nor against okay. carpeted toilet seats. I just, I just figure since you're such a man about cleanliness, how, I don't know how you would feel about uh Yeah. Bungie. I feel like they would pick up some, some germs. Yeah. Bungies. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just want to say that uh, Chud is like my favorite descriptive way to call, talk about people ever yeah, I, I love know. calling people chuds I it's know. awesome but is that and that's probably just because of the simpsons too i'm pretty sure yeah, like that's that when is the like, chuds got me yeah that exactly that is like the only thing yeah. that people like knew why people even know what chud is because they're like chuds and they're like oh yeah there was like that movie that had that really cool title mm-hmm. and there's like there's even like a song about chuds chuds chud love. yeah exactly b.a johnson Ch- really great classic yeah, anyway, yeah i love them chuds but yeah, yeah. chuds Chuds are cool in concept. Oh, actually, Chud is another movie that could have used more Chuds, just like Ghoulies could use more Ghoulies. Well, at least it had Chuds, because Chud Chud has no Chuds at all. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So then, Jarrett, I watched uh, a Criterion Creep recommendation that you watched also, and you also uh, recommended. Uh, I watched uh, The Evil Within. Mm -hmm. And if you want to hear about the weird, wacky history of how this movie came to be, I think it's in Ghoul School 1 or 6, I guess, the first of this season. Or was it on the actual show? I don't even remember. Mm-hmm. But at the time... It doesn't matter. I call I, uh, I called upon Oliver Granger, the recommender of mm-hmm. um, The Evil Within, uh, to give us some feedback and, or give us a review. Back. And he did. He sent this nice. actually like a, over a week ago. And I figured I would just save it till you actually watched it, which you did. Yep. So, do you want me to talk about it or do you want to just I'll, I'll read, hit, hit us with yeah. Oliver's? I'll, I'll, read, I'll read you his review first. Um, okay. So he writes, I knew absolutely nothing about the film going in. I watched it at uh, a quiet uh, midnight screening during the New Zealand Film Festival at a historic but run-down theater. It felt like that strange theater scene in Mulholland Drive. I did mm. know it was a new film, so I assumed it was a period film. I was stunned at how well they nailed the early 2000s daytime TV aesthetic. Obviously found yeah. out about it after its long production t- uh, time. The special effects blew my mind, especially during the, that last scene. I also love the performance of the main character, where in most movies I hate the portrayal of of 
quote-unquote mentally handicapped people. Uh, mm. When reading the story behind the film, it solidifies the five-star rating for me. There is nothing in the world like this, and there never will be again. Outsider art is the best, or at its best. Yeah, he he kind of nails it there. There is nothing like this. Yeah. This is a weird movie. Yeah, well, I guess like you... Unf- Pretty unique. I guess, I mean, unfortunately, you went into it with, like, my... Uh, description of it, I guess, going in. Yeah. But I'm not sure how much of that you remembered <laughs> watching it. Or no, I well, I, I remembered more about the dude who was just on meth for 15 years making a movie, and then he died. Yeah, <laughs> and so I was like, okay, cool. Um, no, yeah, this movie, this movie is actually good. I like this one uh, quite a bit. It's it's really kind of like what Oliver's saying. It's it's this unique, weird kind of like this guy's weird ideas just kind of. Yeah being expressed and see we've talked about this before where a lot of times um the way people show stuff isn't the way that you would kind of and the way this guy shows his ideas is unlike anything that i would have thought of and it's so refreshing to be kind of not like surprised but just uh like do you know what i mean it's like this whole new thing, and you're like, wow, I've never, like, <laughs> thought of images like that before. Right. Like, uh, the zipper thing, where he, yeah. like, unzips that guy and climbs in, like... I think, like, I, I guess I've never thought about it, but I guess I've seen it in drawings. Like, at some point, like, I've encountered this idea mm-hmm. of it, and it's like, oh, that's kind of cool, but actually seeing it done and done well, I guess, and you're yep. like, whoa, like, n- n- like, that's, like, really nicely done. Like, they, they pull yep. it off. Yeah, it's, it's done really well, and um, I think, like... I think there's a few times where I was kind of like, wait, I was like, what does that mean with the other thing that happened? Like, I think there was like a hole or two, but nothing major, nothing that I was like, uh, I was like, no, that doesn't make sense. (laughs) Just things of my own where I was just like, hmm, I wonder if I wonder if that was one of those things that got lost in the 15 years of meth. (laughs) But uh, I don't know. No, it's it's cool, man. This is a it's a weird little movie. Yeah, no, it's it's one of a kind. Um, and like I said, like it, I don't know, like I kind of thought of it as like, man, this is like what I w- what I would want out of a Blumhouse movie. Like, yeah, yeah, like just like kind of uh, whatever. Like you can do whatever you want for the most part when you're making a horror movie. Like there are no rules, even though it's at times it seems like horror is like the most formulaic shit around, and it's mm-hmm. like they always make the same stuff over and over again, and. It's nice to see something different, uh, but like yeah, and that stop motion animation stuff is like amazing. Like it's so good. Oh, at the, the end, yeah, yeah, that, that stuff is wicked cool. Yeah, that's all really cool. I think the intro is really cool too. Mm-hmm. Like uh, that's some pretty, pretty wild stuff with uh, what's his face? That really gross looking guy, that big tall man. Oh, Michael Berryman. He's gross. Yeah, <laughs> no, that stuff's all pretty pretty neat. Yeah, no, it's good. Um, I thought it was a good show. It was a good recommendation. Yeah, I don't. I wish I had more to say about it, but it's just a weird movie that <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> Other than hey, people, you know should, what I mean? I think you, you should watch it, people. You should watch it. Check it out yeah. for yourself. I think you and all. Yeah, I think you and Oliver described it pretty well. Okay. Uh, and so. Should I talk about Oliver's other recommendation, or should I finish off sure. with what I finished the season with well, first? Well, yeah, well, no, we'll talk about the cat. <laughs> okay, yeah. So we watched, we both watched the cat. Yep. Uh, par Oliver's recommendation. I don't know if he's actually seen this one or not. Um, 
I looked on the page. I didn't see if he had or, or I mm. couldn't see him on there. Maybe I missed it. I, I, uh, yeah, if he hasn't, maybe he, he just had heard about it being, it's about aliens, and so that was the reason why. Or well, he just he, hasn't he logged it. it to, I think he recommended it to both of us because it is a 90s Chinese action horror movie mm. about aliens and cats. Yeah. So the, it is a pretty pretty spot-on recommendation. Yeah, like I, um, I knew it had come to my attention because I'm pretty sure... Maybe it was like Cinemassacre did something on it ages ago, I want to say, mm-hmm. or somebody did. And because I remember like, mm. the, I remember the junkyard fight being highlighted as just like, you have to yeah. watch this to believe it. And so it's been, it had been on my radar for a while. And then like when it came up, I'm like, yeah, RJ should maybe watch this movie as well. Okay. So, <laughs> so this just really quickly, this movie is about aliens and there's a cat who's an also an alien and he's fighting other aliens. Okay. I think that's all you really need to know about it, um, right? Well, so more there's like odd little things about this. So the, okay. the, the 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 character in it, the author, wisely. So yeah. he, he's a character that's like actually in several like like Hong Kong movies from like around this same like decade. Like I didn't know this at all until after I was looking up about it. Like uh, he at one point was played by Chow Yun Fat. Um, hmm in another movie called like, uh, like the seventh evil or the curse of evil or something like that. Um, and like, so yeah, this character has popped up and like, this has like various sort of wacky adventures. Um, and so this yeah. is just like another part of the installment of that. Uh, and the guy who directed the cat, uh, also directed, uh, the, I guess, legendary cult film, uh, Ricky the story of, uh, Ricky, uh, oh, which yeah. I don't know if you've watched or not. I nope, don't think no, so. No. Uh, that movie's crazy. Kind of like this movie is. But yeah. yeah, I mean, and then the story <clears throat> just follows like, oh God, how does it even begin? There's like a fungus that's landed on earth mm-hmm. and it's trying to get the, this princess who looks like a human being or is like <laughs> a, like also a fungus that has taken over the body of a dead woman <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and like her like general has taken over the body of a dead cat. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not sure they don't, there's definitely a dead cat involved, but there's yeah. like, I'm not sure about like if this princess is actually a humanoid that look a humanoid alien or like a dead, there's like a dead woman that they just kind of like pass off and it's like, Oh yeah, yeah. No, she's fine. She, and she floats around and mm-hmm. there's adventures and there's like, they're trying to find things called octagons <laughs> and assemble them so they can return to their star. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You nailed it. Uh, so this movie has some pretty cool stuff. Uh, the fungus monster is pretty wicked. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just like, it's just like a blob, but like with, uh, feelers, like little tentacle deals coming off of it and then electricity. And it kind of just consumes people whole like a blob. Yeah. Uh, and that, those effects are actually pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I thought for the most part. Uh, this movie's got some 90s ch- uh, Chinese action stuff in it with some gunfighting and uh, some playing around like that. That's pretty cool. Which, which, like, I just want to mention it's like, so this fungus thing, when it's, like, just a fungus monster, it seems pretty effective at yeah. killing dudes. But then it decides, oh, yeah. I want to go get those people. I'm going to, like, possess – I'm going to, like, possess some, like, guys with guns to go mm-hmm. get them. Even though it's, like, that seemed to be way less effective. Like, they they, they totally fucked it up. It's like, just be the – just be yourself – monster fungus like you you seem to like clean house fairly well by yourself and now you're sending these guys that like couldn't take you down and they can't even take down this like cat and this Mm -hmm. lady and the the writer 
just be yourself. Yeah, just be yourself, fungus monster. Yeah, yeah. There's a few holes there, but uh, anyway, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, so it's got some cool stuff like that. And uh, I'm on board with the plot. I think uh, having an alien cat fight a fungus monster cat is pretty cool. Uh, that's exactly my kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this movie is equal parts pretty cool, equal parts kind of sad. Uh, I think that junkyard scene is uh, really upsetting. Um, what? Yes, I know that there's some special effects in there. There's, but not a, always. There are a lot of special effects in that. There's a lot, but there's a lot of scenes too where it's really that dog and it's really that cat, and they're either throwing them around or they're hold, hold, hanging that cat by the tail from the fucking trunk of a car, like. You that, can't fake. That the, looks like a real cat. That that yeah, the trunk bit definitely there was a cat, but like the, for the vast majority of that fight sequence, there those were like just close-up shots and like there was a lot of puppets. <laughs> well, that, yeah, that uh, it's, sh- it sh- seemed believable to me. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was kind of sad. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I I thought that they were really hurting those animals and it made me sad. Uh, okay. So, well, they definitely found a cat without a tail. Yeah, <laughs> and then or they closed the trunk of a oh, car on a tail. They did not a cat's that. tail, and then let it dangle until the no, tail fucking no, came they, off. No, they did not do that. Well, you don't know that they didn't do that. <laughs> well, anyways, I thought it was. I thought it was kind of. Um, I thought that that scene. Yeah, I'm sure people think it's cool and hip, but. Uh, <laughs> It made me sad. Ugh, but uh, the scenes that were like, you know what? The scenes that had like the action, like the dog and cat um, puppets and stuff. I thought those were cool. That should have been the whole fight scene. Just use those puppet <laughs> I, things. I, I think it was most of it. Mm, well, I'm never going to watch it again, so I won't know. But someone else maybe can watch it and tell me. Mm-hmm. See, well, we're, if it wasn't really, real, really do a breakdown. Yeah. If it wasn't real, they sure fooled me. <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, this is, other than that, this is a cool movie. And uh, this is probably the inspiration for many short stories of mine about a mythical alien cat roving the world. Uh, That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, like Cat from Outer Space. Yeah, something like that. Um, So yeah, that was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, A a, a very fitting recommendation for us. So Mm -hmm. thank you for that, Oliver. Yeah, I... uh... I definitely enjoyed this. Um, the other thing, I also watched uh, uh, another Category 3 film. And I, for some reason, I thought The Cat was a Category 3 film. Probably because <laughs> they hurt that cat. No, but it isn't actually from all oh. from what I can gather. But uh, the one thing that like uh, 80s, 90s Hong Kong cinema captures well is uh, normcore as a fashion style. Because mm-hmm. holy cow, like uh, it, it, takes some, it would take some balls to dress like that nowadays. Uh, no, I dress like that on weekends. No, no, you don't. You wish. <laughs> you wish. I, I do wish. But, uh, well, I'm glad you liked it. It's a cool movie. I like the ending with the blob and floating heads and uh, <laughs> cats saving the world and stuff like that. Yep. That's neat. Um, so good wreck. And then uh, I finished my Halloween season, Jarrett, mm-hmm. with a movie that I've been long uh, waiting to watch. There was a lot of anticipation for this because I've heard about it a long time ago. I thought it was really cool. And that is uh, from the director, Best Picture winning director, Peter Jackson, of the Hobbit trilogy. Uh, (laughs) One of his first movies, Bad Taste, Mm -hmm. a.k.a. Crunchy's 
Crunchy Delight or something like that. Okay. What? What is? Isn't it? I have no idea. Fuck, I have your DVD in the other room. Like it's also known as like Crunchy's Delight, I think, which is pretty fun. So this movie, Jared, is also an alien pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie gets started right away. Um, small town New Zealand. There's some dudes who are kind of like commando type dudes. And then there's a bunch of aliens and they're on the loose and they're invading this town. And this whole movie is about like this group of three or four uh, New Zealand locals fighting this uh, big bad group of aliens who are eating people. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll crack your head open. They'll eat your brains. They'll put you in a soup. Um, they're not very smart, but man, are they deadly. Um, this movie is fucking awesome. It has wicked cool practical effects. Uh, wicked awesome gore. Uh, Peter Jackson does really gross stuff, um, like in Brain Dead or Dead Alive, whatever that movie is called. Both officially, yeah. Uh, just like in that, um, there's some really cool scenes of like heads blowing up and arms falling off, and uh, aliens ripping out of people's bodies. And the aliens are really cool. They're like gigantic heads with sunken eyes, and their butts rip out of their pants and their bare butts show mm-hmm. which i thought was <laughs> amazing that's exactly the kind of thing that i want to see in a movie right uh so and this whole movie is just them fighting each other and it's got it's filled with like wicked uh action and just bodies exploding there's a couple bodies that explode outright there's a chainsaw that gets brought into the mix at the end this movie is basically like peter jackson's uh space version of texas chainsaw near the end because there's a dude with a chainsaw who literally blows bodies like apart and then like wears bodies um and that is pretty rad uh i knew that i would like this but um man was this good good shit i kind of actually thought that you might hate this movie when i uh i don't know um i see like it's been a long time since i've seen this like 12 yeah. years and now I've only seen it the one time and I kind of remember being underwhelmed by it because like I really yeah. like I the first uh, Peter Jackson movie that really like I remember seeing Frighteners in theater and then like sometime after that watching Dead yeah. Alive and I thought Dead Alive was just like absolutely brilliant uh, mm-hmm. I don't know how I feel about that movie now it's been a while since I'd seen it but uh, Bad Taste I watched yeah like 2005 or something like that mm-hmm. and I remember being like well that's okay but like I feel like I probably would like it more now. But in my mind, I was kind of like, "Oh, this movie is probably too rough around the edges for RJ. He might not like the mm. way this movie looks." But uh, I'm glad that you really, really, really enjoyed it. So, uh, yeah, I I turned it on, and this was a movie that Andrea turned down because she was like, "This looks like Trailer Park Boys," and I was like, "I was like, so what? Trailer Park Boys is amazing." And she's like, "Oh my god." She's like, what is this? And I was like, you know what? Whatever. I was like, we'll watch Ghoulies 2. I'll watch Bad Taste when you leave. Um, but no, yeah, like it's it's definitely like a low budget movie, but yeah. they put they put a lot of work into the practical effects. Like some some people might be like, oh, well, it doesn't look real. And it's like, yes, yeah, so what? Like it still looks good. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I think. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I could see someone saying that, but uh, I think it still looks really good, like, all their effects. Um, it's ex- exactly the story I like, and it was fun, and there was butts in it and aliens, and it was amazing. Um, for what it's worth, I don't. I watched Brain Dead Dead Alive a year or two ago, and I was just kind of like, meh. 
like that movie is like over the top gore stuff and has way more production value than this one does. Mm-hmm. But I like this one way more than Brain Dead. Um, I think when I watched Brain Dead, I was like, oh, whatever. It was okay. Uh, and also, Frighteners is one of my favorites. Uh, we used to rent that thing all the time. I love that movie. It's so good. So, Frighteners is a good show. You should watch Frighteners. Eh, and uh, Bad when... Taste. I saw that. Yeah. Uh, actually, the one I saw to watch is Meet the Feebles, which I think, I don't know if that's aged very well, but. Probably not. But uh, I watched Frighteners only like a couple of years ago. But I guess I'm biased because uh, I rented that as a kid a lot and I really mm. liked it. So that probably. But anyways, I watched Braindead a little bit ago and I didn't like it that much. Yeah. Bad taste though. Holy shit. That shit is tight. <laughs> so there you go, baby. That's uh, That was my creep over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Very uh, underwhelming, honestly, but. What? There's, there's always next year. What? What else could I have done? I watched 42 movies. That's more than one a day. <laughs> like, what do you want, brah? Some some effort, you know. <laughs> so RJ, I watched a couple what? movies. Uh, I don't care on Halloween. I uh, got things started off with a little movie called, well, actually, The Cat was what started off. But I followed mm-hmm. that up with The Midnight Meat Train, which came out oh, in 2008. Yeah. It is based on the Clive Barker short story from the Book mm-hmm. of Blood, book one. I think it's actually the first story uh, okay. after the like introductory one. Uh, this movie sucks big time. Oh, yeah? Big time. Uh, yeah, it's... How I, come? Ugh, just, it's very 2008. Yeah. Lots of CGI blood. Lots. Okay. Like, every time there's, a, like, pretty well every time there's a kill, it's CGI blood to, like, make it more over the top and, like, shooting flying out eyeballs and, like, multiple shots of the eyeballs. It, like, goes flying out of the skull and it, as mm-hmm. it bounces on the floor. Um, this, yeah, this is not to my taste at all. Uh it's like everything that sucks about 2008 uh, for horror movies. Um, I guess, what would I say about it? It's So I went back to see like people reviewed for it. And a lot of people seem to like rate this movie fairly like way higher, like, like three, mm. three, four star kind of range. And I'm like, what the fuck? But then I look at it and like, okay, no one who was rating it that high had seen it recently. Like everyone was like, mm-hmm. it seems like they were just logging it. It's like, oh, I've seen that movie. And I thought I remember it being good. And I feel like this is a movie that if, the same people went back to watch it. It would not hold water. Um, it also didn't mm-hmm. help that I had, ju- I actually read that short story, like just a few weeks ago, as I started reading the book of blood yep. stuff. And the story is like, not like great, but like, it's effective. Like it's mm-hmm. a really well told story. Like, like, you know, Clyde Barker's a good writer. Uh, and this just like misses any cleverness or like, any of the details other than it's like, oh yeah, it's about a guy who's killing people and skinning them alive on a train. Mm-hmm. And then there's the twist at the end that, oh, because he's feeding these like chuds <laughs> like that, <laughs> that live under the city. That's, that's what he's doing. He's feeding chuds. Um, when the chuds show up, it's kind of cool at the very, very end. But then it's got like Brooke Shields is in this movie. <laughs> and like <laughs> she plays like the like the cunty art seller and she's just like oh people who are on, on time they're so mediocre and just like like eye rolly like uh contemporary art sort of stuff that like isn't real at all it's just like if you were like in, only mm-hmm. into like clive barker stuff you would think this is how the world works but 
I don't even think like Clay Barker thinks that. Yeah. Um, so that was trash. Uh, so I followed that up with uh, a jump back to the 1950s. I just wanted like a, an old fashioned monster movie. A mm-hmm. creature feature. So I watched a film called The Monolith Monsters. Um, that sounds cool. Yeah, it's got a great title. Uh, what it's about is an asteroid breaks through the atmosphere. It lands in the desert. And mm-hmm. that's fine. Not a big deal. However, whenever this this these like this astronaut rock gets exposed to any sort of water, it grows. And when it grows, it sucks out the silicon in or silicane or whatever out of like anything that mm-hmm. surrounds it, including people, which causes them to seize up because according to monolith monster science, uh, silicon is what makes you elasticy and not <laughs> a rock. So, okay. so, uh, the monolith monsters aren't monsters. It's just like inanimate objects that just grow. It's like a crystalline thing, but it, it, it gets out of hand when there's like a giant rainstorm. Mm-hmm. And it just floods out the whole area. And so these things have nothing to stop them. And they just grow and grow and grow. And so there's like a lot of like really neat visuals. Um, the movie was all, it's, like, it's a universal movie. Um, and it was done like pretty much on the, like as cheap as this sort of thing could be. Lots of miniatures, which is awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. The characters are all very stock 50s people. They're all small towning. Um, it seems like one of the big like scary moments in this film is when it addresses the issue of like when they like, public good outweighs that of private rights, <laughs> like private property rights. And it seems to be like, Ooh, geez, they're asking the tough questions. And I'm like, ah, well, no, this was like 1957. I guess we, it's like, it's not like many things have changed in 2017. It's like, if there was like a giant, like uh mountain that was just like coming toward like all the world to destroy it. I'm sure there'd be like guys who owned the dam were like, wow, you're not blowing up my dam. You got, you got to get your own salt water. <laughs> And that would be, and then we're all, and then we'd all be dead. But in this film, it's just like the sheriff says, fuck it. And he blows the dam and saves the day. Uh, yes, yeah, so this movie's like, it's, mm. it's a charming, fun little universal movie from 57. Like, I, mm-hmm. like, I wish it was better than it was. It gets fine, but like, it's nothing like, it's just not as good as I'd hope. Uh, I think some people yeah. think it's better than it is, but I think it's just fine. Um, and then of course I started thinking about if like, uh, Asylum made this movie now, like in 2017, like just how fucking bad it would be just mm-hmm. see this CGI monolith rocks and like, it'd be all close ups and just like all the like bad, like mass devastation. Like it would yeah. just be horrendous. Right. Like, like a rolling, like even like, Noah? even like the Emmerich. Yeah. Well, but it's not even like that. Like we're actually, no, they would be, they'd be like Noah, like angel stone monsters rather yeah. than just like mountains that move and that's it like they just are shot like they're, they're not creatures they're just things there's just mm-hmm. material that grows bigger uh yeah so this movie is good for what it is and it makes you w- like wish that like there's like cool stuff like this out there more but there's like a limited amount of it because they don't make it like this anymore mm-hmm. um but there's they seem to be making a lot of these science fictiony type of monster movies back in the 50s to delve into if one was inclined they feel comfy yeah they've, they're very comfortable <laughs> to watch uh they're it's good afternoon watching yeah there's a few yeah uh and then i watched a bunch of like eight millimeter and shot on video stuff um that anything good uh well i don't know the one i like the most you would hate like you would fucking hate <clears throat> this movie so much and that's red spirit lake i i love this thing but mm. you, you, this this is not rg material at all it's, it's is weird. it just a person getting raped for 40 minutes no it's like um hanging out with like Sid and Nancy types of people making, uh, a, ma- making, making, and they're making a movie 
Like that Ugh. is that so totally not an RJ. Why See, do you like that? <laughs> oh, it's great. It's like I think it's a really interesting movie, and it's got some like lots of weird visuals. Uh, like it's like uh-huh. it's like totally like nothing else. Uh, and like yeah, I thought it was like really interesting. I definitely would watch it again. Um, but yeah, you'd hate it. Like that's just what it is. I already hate it just yeah. from you talking about it. Well, that's what it. I mean. That's the best way of putting it. I was like, this yeah. is not an RJ movie. Uh, and then, yeah, I watched this one called Winter Beast, which is very mm-hmm. kind of similar to uh, The Alien Factor. Uh, I, I don't think it's as good, but it's like, uh, I mean, it's just guys standing in rooms, and when they're not, they're fighting, like, claymation monsters. And it, you're just waiting for, like, the big build. Uh, it seemed like all their actors only had, like, one chance to, like, get their lines out, and so you get their flubbed lines Every, in mm-hmm. every case, like one guy consistently screws up his lines, which is charming. You'd be mm-hmm. like, oh, that character has a speech impediment. <laughs> I mean, I, I misspeak all the time. So I, I would belong perfectly in one of these movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then this other one I watched called Soul of the Demon from 1991. This is also a shot on video film. Uh, yeah. This movie, though, on the whole is actually like pretty well made and paced. Like it was mm-hmm. clear that like they were they know how movies are made and all they had was this camera or two cameras to make it on. And they just shot it the way they did. Um, but so the whole movie is just like a story, about like these two kids, stranger things esque, uh, <laughs> cause that's the original. Okay. Uh, that's where all kids come from is stranger things now. And, uh, mm-hmm. they, they find this like little buried in the ground, like gargoyle statue and they dig it up and they find some ancient scroll things that say this thing's actually been buried and is being protected by this weird guy who warned us not to dig it out of the ground and then mm-hmm. the one older older kids or the kid's older brother he has a giant mullet as do his friends and their ladies and they're going to go have a party in their house because the parents are away and they decide to like have this gargoyle thing hanging out with them uh, and then like the one, the kid's younger brother, he gets possessed by this gargoyle demon thing and the movie turns into like a slasher. And for like a 1991 shot on video movie, the makeup and like kill effects in this are like fucking amazing. Like hmm. people being torn in half, uh, by invisible forces, uh, like people's heads getting cut in half, like horizontally. It's just like, man, this is like pretty good. <laughs> Um, it's kind of a mm. draggy movie. Um, like it didn't need to go near like 90 minutes cause that's how long movies are. Um, yeah. but like, I was like, once the effect stuff kicked in, I was like pretty damn impressed. And like, as, again, like just like from like having watched like a uh, several of these like strong video, like horror movies, it's like, this one's actually yeah. like resembles a real movie. That's a uh, kudos to them. In, <laughs> it's in a the, hot recommendation. Yeah. Hottest. Almost like a real movie. Oh, like, well, like it's like it's like a real movie. Like, it feels right. Like it's and it's just <laughs> shot on video. So I mean, you have to adjust your expectations when you're watching this stuff to be fair to stuff. Otherwise, it's like oh, <laughs> one star, one star, one star. And it's like, nah. Then you're just might as well be Leonard Moulton. <laughs> I, uh, I don't even know who that is, but all right. Really, <sighs> you're you embarrass yourself, sir. Leonard Nimoy. Yeah, that's right. Um, and then nice. I watched this one called Savage Weekend that is like. Uh, one of those like it's a late 70s slasher but it's before the slasher formula had been figured out when they realized mm-hmm. hey just make Halloween over and over and over again this mm-hmm. kind of uh, is when they were still like I don't know the, the pacing and like story beats and like scale of the story were like completely out of whack and it feels like a straw dogs movie more than like a like a typical slasher and uh, yeah it's just a, watching a bunch of like middle aged like people f- from New York hanging out like upstate 
and they're like banging and you can see their dicks and oh, they yeah. lots of tits uh and they're like there's like sexual tension between them uh, and again, mm. this like this movie actually feels like a real movie. And then like in the last bit, it's like, oh yeah. And then there's this guy who shows up with like uh, this like Halloween mask somebody bought from like a gas station, and he just starts killing everybody. And it's just, mm-hmm. but it's just like what the fuck like and it, but it doesn't feel right. Like it, it it feels like a like 70s like drama that they decided to like oh have this guy with a like rubber mask show up and like <laughs> put people on like uh, saw blades. <laughs> and like set them up so that when someone accidentally turns on this light switch, they'll die. Like, and it's, but it's like handled like totally straight. Very odd movie. I liked it. Um, but like, yeah, like it, you, if you saw this movie poster and the title, you would probably, you could be very like frustrated and angry by how misleading this is. I'm usually frustrated and angry with anything that you do. So <laughs> I could see where I would get frustrated yeah. and angry. angry at are, are, are you uh, looking up uh, Leonard Moulton there? No, I don't give a fuck about who Leonard Moulton is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've heard that name before, but I, I don't know Clear, why. Clearly, you never watched your uh, Star Wars VHS tapes back in the day. Oh, I had Star Wars on VHS. Uh, I don't know if you... Then you would know who Leonard Moulton is. Why? Was he the effects he, man? He, no, he interviewed uh, George Lucas. <laughs> and he's hilarious. I fast-forwarded that shit when yeah. I was a little well, kid. That, I didn't there, care about no interviews. Yeah, and it shows now. It shows. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mr. whatever. You're Mr. the geek. Mr. Research. Yeah. yeah. I just watch the movies, brah. Yeah. You live it. I live it. But brah. so, so RJ. Yo. Um, I have a few other movies I'd like to discuss. Okay. Non ghouls, non schools. Mm. So I figured, hey, I've, I've finally kicked off the shackles of all this horror shit. I'm mm-hmm. going to watch a ghost story. So I watched oh, yeah. a ghost story. Uh, this is a movie that now has the baggage of starring Casey Affleck. He's in better shape than a lot of other guys lately. He's been forgotten about temporarily, but you know on Twitter that people still will talk about him, and they still talk about him all the time. They really do. So anyway, uh, this movie uh, came out this year. Uh, It's it's kind of a weird change of pace for me to watch a movie that came out the year it was released. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a story about uh, a guy who dies. And him just like being in a house that he's, I guess, haunting and his experience, mm-hmm. uh, in like ghost time. Hmm. Uh, and I guess like the, the gimmick of the movie was that it's like, it starts cast Casey Affleck, but he's wearing a, like essentially a bed sheet over himself, like a ghost, a cla- mm-hmm. like a classic ghost with, uh, eyes, uh, kind of torn mm-hmm. into the face and that he looks out of and he doesn't talk. He's completely silent hmm. for like almost like an hour and 45 minutes or not hour 45 hour 15 minutes or so. Does it work? Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, this movie's awesome. Nice. Yeah. I, I thought this movie uh, more than anything just look, looks amazing. Uh, the cinematography mm-hmm. and look of this movie is like absolutely stunning. Uh, maybe it's like also coming yeah. off of watching like nothing but horror movies for like the last 31 days. I, I didn't get to see that mm-hmm. many like super pretty movies like with like modern cinematography. Like there was some yeah. stuff that was like not bad, but this is particularly striking. Yeah. Um, the, the pie scene in this movie really lives up to the hype. Uh, I'll just leave it at that. Uh, but yeah, there, this movie is very good. Uh, I, I enjoyed it a lot. It seems like, yeah, there's some people that unfortunately they have some baggage 
going into this movie, and it seems like yeah. they, they're they're really hung up on stuff that like I don't know they they don't hold other movies to the same standard. So I'm just like wondering, hmm, what what could it be about <laughs> this movie? Um, I would love yeah. to read Armand White's uh, review of this movie. Uh, that's another film critic, RJ, that you, that you just don't care about. I I don't read critics. I make up my own opinion. Okay, brother. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so uh, Ghost Story is a strong recommendation for me. Okay. Uh, okay. I also watched Personal Shopper. Uh, oh, yeah. Future Creep. Future Creep, 700 weeks from now. Uh, uh-huh. And this movie uh, stars that Kristen Stewart gal from those Twilight movies. I don't, like, this might be one of the first movies I've ever seen with her in it. Like, I really don't know off yeah. the top of my head but it's also directed by that uh, Olivier Assayas guy whose only movie I've actually seen is that Carlos movie uh, or m- movies because it's like a mm-hmm. two part big mini series thing um, that's also in the Criterion Creeps Let's see mm-hmm. here. what have I seen with Kristen Stewart Panic Room Into the Wild yep. Uh, yep. oh Certain Women's on my radar to watch too man yeah, not man. much, eh? Oh, that, that that's this movie Undertow. That's a David Gordon Green movie. I've seen that as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, not too much. I don't have too many movies of hers under my belt. But uh, so I walked one into this because it's also like about ghosts. Mm-hmm. Um, and there it was on Netflix, and so I checked it out. Um, several hundred weeks from now, no one will remember this. I thought this movie <laughs> was just okay. Uh, yeah. It just I don't know. It seems too scattered. <laughs> like it has like a bunch of mm-hmm. stuff going on. And then it's like kind of like a giallo, but it doesn't want to be a giallo. And it wants to be kind of just like this like floaty dr- movie about this girl who's got a job she hates and she starts receiving yeah. texts. But she's also a medium who can like feel ghosts. Um, and yeah. like that ghost part only plays a part for like the first like quarter of the movie. And then it's completely dropped for like a huge mm-hmm. other chunk of it till the very end. Just very felt very imbalanced to me. Very nice looking movie. Very well made and stuff. But yeah, right. I don't know. I see some people to think very strong or highly of this movie. And I'm just like, eh, I think that movie with uh, Casey Affleck did a little better. Some me, some people like bad stuff though. Eh, it's not bad. It's just like, I don't know why people yeah. over talk about things. You're too, redu- you're too reductive. See. Always think things are just bad. Maybe you're not reductive enough. No. It's good or bad. <laughs> you either love it or it's, it's dumb. That's for dummies. Uh, and Brother. then just before our recording here, RJ, I watched mm-hmm. it comes at night. Did you though? I I did. <laughs> and uh, I talked I talked about this show yeah, a while ago. And, uh, I don't know, man. This movie is like just okay. Ah, <laughs> huh, that's that's too bad. Yeah. I thought you would have liked it. No, it's like. Are you one of those weird people who think who was uh, underwhelmed by it? Uh, why? There's nothing to be whelmed by. It kind of like mm. it just felt like another like an episode of Walking Dead. <laughs> Uh, I guess. Yeah. I guess. So, I don't know. There's, like, the strain, like, for, like, a while now since, yeah. like, I don't know, the zombie movement of, mm-hmm. like, these, like, if you want to do zombies, really, you, you do survivalist stories. And then you can do movies about yeah. plagues and stuff like that. And there's a lot of these movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this movie kind of came out of the gates uh, with the back. I mean, it's got A24 distributing it, which who they they also distributed a ghost story. And like mm. you look at their like uh, catalog, and it's pretty impressive. They've got some pretty good stuff in there, uh, and they all have really good movie posters as well. Mm. But uh, this movie, like I don't know, 
it's just like nothing really winds up happening, which I saw was a common complaint about the movie. And I've seen people complain about that as well. And I've always rolled my eyes and I've watched the movie. I go, what are you talking about? It's got plenty going on. But then I watched yeah. this and I was kind of like, yeah, I agree. <laughs> like it just, no, yeah, it doesn't really go, go uh, really anywhere. And it's like not a short movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, it's a lot of setup and then things go kind of bad and then you just wind up kind of where you wound up at the beginning. And I'm kind of like, oh, is this really a movie that is worth talking about? And mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like, I don't even like, I've, it's also been like framed as like a horror movie, which is like totally stupid. Like, cause it's just like a, a dark drama, kind of like uh, the road was. Yep. And I mean, and the, the road though is like super memorable and has like so much like Imagers that are just like haunting still. Uh, yeah. In this movie, though, it's just like so confined. Like, there's very like little. Uh, like, there's like the whole bit in the movie where the guy, the, the patriarch of the family, goes with like the, the man that's come across their house. And they go in the truck and they go through the forest for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then they get shot at by these two dudes um, who they then kill. And then we get like a weird cut away from it to like, oh, Nothing else, nothing else happened of note, and they're just back mm-hmm. with a trailer with the animals from this other guy's place. And they're all going to move in, and they're all going to be great together. Uh, scattered throughout this movie are a bunch of, like, fake-out dream sequences. Like, uh, like oh, uh, yeah, yeah. way too many of those. Mm-hmm. Um, where you're just like, okay, okay. But it doesn't go anywhere. Um, and then it just kind of like, I don't know. What, why is this movie it comes at night why is it called that it, it's so odd like it's just such a because he's a t- kid going through sexuality he's finding himself is he <laughs> I don't know yeah this so this movie I thought was like again like it's okay but I don't know I would well, like I don't know it's just like I was kind of disappointed um, sure yeah it's kind of like on the same uh-huh. page with like for me. It's like kind of like raw, where it's like it just did not live up to like I guess expectations and the way that people talk about stuff, which I guess is always a misleading thing, is to like pay attention to what other people say, uh, like film critics, like Leonard Maltin and Armand. Yeah, White. yeah. You know how you're never disappointed by hype when you don't when you don't hear any hype. But then I guess like how do you know that movies exist? Like that's ah, the thing. I find stuff. <sighs> yeah, but then there's the stuff you don't hear about if you don't pay attention and then it's like i think that's part of it is that people want to be included and so you have to pay attention to stuff and then you wind up getting disappointed mm-hmm. all the time uh because nothing can ever live up to the way people are hyperbolic and like want uh, attention to be on them and be like hey look at me look at me i found a, the best movie of all the year because i was at this particular film festival and it seems like that happens a lot where a movie is at the film festival circuit and everyone gets super excited about it and then it hits home mm-hmm. video and then it's like not special anymore at all because mm-hmm. any any asshole can watch it with an internet connection or a streaming or buy it on uh, tape, disc, whatever. And uh, then you watch and go, what the fuck was that all about? No one cares about this special movie anymore because it's not special. And then it just mm-hmm. dis- it just disappears. <laughs> well, I think you got to change your life, man, because I'm, I'm happy. I'm never disappointed. Except when you I, are, I, I bust toilets and I I hang out and I don't read reviews. So yeah, there you go, buddy. Buddy, you yeah. you are a liar. You send me reviews all the time. <laughs> Only M Night Shyamalan long reviews. <laughs> yeah, and Stranger Things season two. Oh. Anyways, okay, that's it for. That, I, I like that. Yeah. Anyway, pre talk. Whatever. So yeah. Anyways, yeah. I I thought it comes tonight was just like fine and kind of like, like yeah. personal shopper. 
was just fine. But a ghost story, you'll you're gonna love that movie. I know, I know, I will. I I was looking forward to that for a long time mm-hmm. when I first heard about it. I got Casey a, Affleck in a bed sheet, fucking mm-hmm. sign me up, baby. I, I even I have a digital code for that if you really want. <laughs> no, give me your Blu-ray. Okay, I don't care. I'll keep it. Hey forever. RJ, any Yo. any news? Nah. No. Okay. <laughs> I don't know unless you have something you want to uh, talk about. Well, a um, couple things. So, you, have you heard of the Weinstein Company? Uh, are we still talking about well, fucking Harvey Weinstein? Well, no, th- this is actually horror related because mm. you know that the Amityville like franchise, or like it's not oh, even yeah. a franchise because yeah, yeah. like the story's like public domain because it's like a true yep. story. Well, they made themselves an Amityville movie called Amityville: The Awakening. Um, I guess it came out this past week. Um, mm-hmm. It had a one-day screening only, which is kind of like a common occurrence now with like straight-to-video stuff or like, mm-hmm. like straight-to-streaming stuff. Um, and apparently in its one-day screening in North America, it made $742. Wow. Is that <laughs> even a whole theater? Well, it's like I'm sure I'm – I should actually check that. How many theaters – did that actually open in? Because I've I've heard of this happening in like movies where it got released in like, um, like two theaters. Like some of those mm-hmm. like WWE movies. They, they they that's how much they make in theater. Because what happens is if your movie gets released in a theater, Walmart will order like ten thousand more copies of your movie on DVD and Blu-ray because it had a theatrical mm. release. That's like why people spend okay. money. Uh, oh yeah, so Amityville: The Awakening. It opened in just 10 theaters for just one showtime on Saturday night. 10 theaters and it only made $700? That's pretty bad. It's 74 bucks, so it's like... It's not even like 70 people. Well, yeah, basically, because in the States, I'm yeah. pretty sure people are spending at least at least $10. And it's like in bigger places, Dang. it's probably like $20 for a ticket. And, and people use those movie passes. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm not sure how that money breaks down. Uh, anyway, so I thought that was like funny and I'm sure it had actually nothing to do with, uh, it being a Weinstein film because, yeah. uh, people don't realize that till the movie starts and then they boo and hiss. Yeah. Um, going off of the Weinstein thing. So one thing I saw that was kind of shitty regarding the Weinstein company as well is that, uh, the Weinstein Company is probably not going to be around much longer. Um, well, it's like, what's, well, it's not fine, though, because I was like, I just saw something like about like some movies getting pulled from being released. Um, mm. And so what's going to wind up happening is that all these people that have like made these movies that they really care about to various degrees mm-hmm. and have put a lot of effort in, uh, I guess they've been paid, but like, you know, they want to see their movie come out because this stuff can also help their careers, you know, mm-hmm. not just sleeping with people. You can actually make a good movie and like get ahead. Um, now their movies are just going to be buried because can't they one sell their, can't no? the wine scene company sell them to like Paramount or something? Well, it's not that easy. Why not? It could take, what does Paramount want that stuff? And sometimes stuff is going to be held up forever. There's like, mm. there's like that company, uh, Relativity. Um, that's like that movie, uh, Before I Wake, that Mike Flanagan mm-hmm. movie. It like was made like three years ago or four years ago, and it still can't be released in America because of like bankruptcy stuff mm-hmm. and sh- being in chapter 27 or whatever it is. And like movies just get held up indefinitely. And so it's like, man, like the Weinstein company is like a big 
like it's a big source of like movies, right? Like yeah. not, it's not like this like small little mom and pop shop. Like they really are an industry force, and like them being kind of like taken off the map. And it's not like this isn't for like a I guess a good reason, but at the same time, it's like oh this yeah, one this guy whose name is associated with it, he's like fucking ruined like a lot of people's lives. Like not even in the oh, people yeah. who he's like actually victimized allegedly, um, but like all these oh. people who like made movies, uh, they're just fucked. And, like, their career is going to be put on hold because this guy's a scumbag for, like, decades. And, I mean, people, uh, RJ has a cat crawling on his shoulder. It's, <laughs> it's okay. Keep going. Yeah, he, he, uh, does uh, she want in on this conversation about uh, Harvey? No. She says that's so last week. Uh, yeah, I wish it was. Uh, and uh, so on top of that, RJ, uh, Kevin Spacey yeah. has been accused. Jeremy Piven has been accused. Andy Dick. Andy Dick mm-hmm. has been accused, even though I think I've heard about Shocker. him. He, he, that one goes way back. Uh, Dustin Hoffman uh, has been Not accused. Dustin Hoffman. Yeah, Not Tootsie. Yeah, Tootsie himself. Uh, and and my boy, Brett Ratner. Your buddy, personal friend, personal shopper, Brett Ratner, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you can accuse Woody Allen and Roman Polanski all day long. And I'll be like, like ah, Brett Ratner, though, I'm on that. I'm all aboard that fucking uh, that, that mob. The rat train? Um, Don't you dare come so after the rat train? As, as a result of these uh, allegations, um, they have apparently now, like, shit-canned the Hugh Hefner biopic. <clears throat> Brett Ratner had just been announced uh, directing with Jared Leto starring as Hugh Hefner. That's but, fine. Apparently now Jared Leto says he wasn't going to play Hugh Hefner. Um, which is like, yeah, well, they're con- dis- continu- no, themselves. no, it's like Jared Leto says a lot of things and it's like, sure. so it's just like, oh, so he's just, he's just a general piece of shit and he just hasn't been accused of anything yet. Well, I think everyone you'll wait until the allegations against you start coming out. Yeah. Well, what hey, are you going to do? Yeah. This is, Hey, what, which hunts man, which hunts. Yeah. Aye, aye, aye. Aye, aye, aye. Uh, do you have any news you'd like to share? Nope. All right, then. <laughs> nope. That's enough for today. Okay. Okay. Um, shit. Uh, after the break, we're going to show business and about oh, no. sleazy dudes <laughs> and young women. It's a fresh topic. Mm-hmm. Very relevant. Like show business, like no business I know. Everything about it is appealing. Everything the traffic will allow. No way could you get that happy feeling when you are stealing that extra bow. There's no people like show people. They smile when they are long. Yesterday they told you you would not go. And we're back. And tonight we're talking about Variety Lights from 1951, directed by Federico Fellini and Alberto Latuada, however that might be pronounced. 
Not uh, like that. Latuda. La Matuta. Latuada. Uh, Fun. Synopsis here from Letterboxd. Very descriptive. A beautiful and ambitious young woman joins a traveling troupe of third-rate vaudevillains and in- inadvertently causes jealousy and emotional crises. <laughs> hey, Jarrett. Yeah. What's a vaudevillain? A vaudevillain? Uh, they are because I thought it was. I thought this movie was going to be about like really mischievous dudes, like up to no good, and then it wasn't. It was just about lame ass uh, art artists and Broadway people, and I was like, oh, I thought there was vaudevillains in this. Well, that they are vaudevillains. Well, what does that mean? That's exa- that's what it is. Vaudeville. See, RJ, if you paid attention to our shows, you'd recall that when we were talking about the bank dick and talking about W.C. Fields, I spoke of his background in vaudeville. Well, I don't miss when you talk. I just do Sudoku. Yeah. Sudoku. Sometimes you uh, even leave the room. Sometimes I leave the room. Yeah. Because I'm that bored of whatever you're talking about. It's like that one time you're talking about that thing. Oh, oh. Okay. Well, all right. Uh, anyways, continue about your description of the movie Variety Lights, directed by Fer- uh, Federico the Fart Fellini. Mm-hmm. So, uh, this is a movie that I was not familiar with, other than mm-hmm. I just knew that Variety Lights was directed by Fellini. I when mm-hmm. I talked about it last week, I didn't even realize it had a co-director. Um, mm-hmm. So I kind of didn't know what it was about and then i kind of saw like i guess still and went oh it's about show business that makes sense variety lights ha ha okay mm-hmm. and i didn't realize either when we were talking about it that this was his first movie um that, what yeah. i i even knew that no I, yeah <laughs> you, you knew i that. did i knew that yeah. i i looked it up yeah i, I do research and no, but... you don't <laughs> <laughs> yeah and so uh uh what else so didn't know anything about it I had noticed that like absolutely no one I follow on Letterboxd had seen it. And yep. in general, very few people have actually watched this movie. And like when we get to who hates this movie, there's very, like very little vitriol because like no one sees this movie. It's out of print as well. So it doesn't really help its availability. Yeah. Um, you can probably thank uh, studio canal for that. I uh, will. So yeah, I mean the movie is a story of like this third rate vaudeville troupe uh yeah starring uh, a guy named Ch- chico checo and he is the cheech marin i is, believe is he how is, you pronounce he is that. the wizard of fun an international magician uh mm-hmm. his his main squeeze a lady named melina played by fellini's wife uh julietta messina who you recall uh seeing her last in nights in Cabiria. Yeah. Um, and here she's like also one of the performers, uh, and the character is also the daughter of the director of the traveling troupe. And what happens mm-hmm. is, is like this, this band of misfits and whatnot, uh, li- going town to town, making a living, uh, they run across this country girl named Liliana and Liliana, uh, looks upon the, the wizard of fun and kind of sees like either an opportunity or like seeing like such joy and fun being brought to people and like show business, mm-hmm. I guess. Cause she's like naive. She's like, I want to do just, I want to be just like that. I want to be a star. Um, and of course they kind of like give her the hi hat initially being like, yeah, yeah. Okay, honey, you and every mm-hmm. other girl who wants to come <laughs> around, uh, you, you want to, you think you've got it, but you don't got it, but she's got money. And they have no money. And so when it comes to, like, you know, traveling around on foot because you don't have enough mm-hmm. money to rent a cab, she has some money. And that's the surest way to get hooked up. It's kind of a plot beat, actually, from Ed Wood, as a matter of fact. <laughs> um, so anyway. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so this it, it 
follows the trajectory you expect. Uh, they get signed up to like another like yeah. sl- like sleazy, dumpy place, and they start doing their act, and like everybody starts catcalling. All these people are drunks, and they just want to hang out and like yeah. just be you know have a good time at the expense of these performers. Uh, Liliana, she's like kind of like just hoodwinked, not hoodwinked, but like she's just like here, wear this dress and go out and dance. They don't like tell her how to do anything. She just goes out there, sure her pants, mm-hmm. her pants tear, and they show off those delicious gams of hers. Gams. And yeah. uh, everyone starts hooting and hollering, and then like the actual owner of the, the actual promoter of the outfit, he's like, "Huh, I see this reaction. We can make some mm-hmm. money with this girl." And so she starts being elevated above her level, and to the chagrin of like the other performers and the other women. Uh, and then she starts kind of like you know, uh, just be, being like a fairly beautiful woman. Uh, all mm-hmm. these men in positions of power, they're all just seeing her as a great opportunity. And they, hey, they'll be more than happy to help her along uh, as long as, like, just hang out with me. Have Let me buy you dinner. Let's let's hang out. Let's have some drinks. Let's go back to my place. Let's hang out in my room. And uh, that, that narrative, which, like, watching this movie, I was like, huh, what a perfect time to be watching this movie here in 2017. Like, yeah. three months ago, this movie would have a completely different vibe to it, a completely different feel. But since, like, this last month has happened, like, the – you can't not read it this way particularly mm-hmm. since it's like all the men are like it's kind of like like large obese kind of dudes all kind of gross and like all like it's yeah it's all there and what about dustin hoffman <laughs> he's well alleged rj oh right and it was a long time ago yeah and anywho so um yeah, so the movie just goes along. Uh, she's working her way through. Uh, Melina, uh, uh, Chaco's girl, she starts realizing what's going on and this like whole life that they had kind of after the performing life, owning like a supermarket and living mm-hmm. together, living a life together. It's all going away because he's getting caught up in this girl. Um, yeah. But this girl, she keeps rising and rising and rising. And soon enough, she's like, Chico's like chasing after her and he re- he's getting heartbroken and etc etc uh he he's losing all his contacts one thing leads to another uh and everyone gets back together again uh liliana the girl she's off now successful years later they go they go off on a train uh but then you see the cycle is going to begin over again that's yeah that's the movie um this movie's okay um, I usually like always like go in, uh, you know, uh, say like, oh, I love, I love Fellini. The guy, he can do no wrong. <laughs> uh, and like, mm. in, in general, like, like, Armacord is amazing. Knights of Kiberia, amazing. Uh, and the ship sails on. Uh, it was okay. Uh, this is his first movie and he didn't even like fully direct it, but you can still see like <laughs> a lot of elements of like, I guess what you call the Fellini esque here already. Like, you already see like his ideas and like, like stuff that he'd go back to for like the rest yeah. of his career. It's all here. But um yeah, I mean it's a very it feels like a generic kind of story, even for yeah. like nineteen fifty one. Uh I mean there's like uh, the American movie All About Eve. It's like the same thing, but that movie is like super clever, has like uh mm. superstar actors, uh <clears throat> great script. It's like just it has so many things going for it. Uh this movie like other than like Julietta Messina and like I maybe like I'm dusty on my uh, my Fellini fifties actors, but like I was like kind of like I didn't know, I didn't really know anybody in this, so there was no like mm-hmm. star factor to like kind of like hook you into like a fairly generic story, I guess, which is mm-hmm. just like 
what it is. I mean, there. I mean, I'll, I'll talk about it more. But like, there is like the, the Fellini stuff in there that you see is good, but it's not like it's not that quite there yet. Where it's just like mm-hmm. it really turns into like a really cinematic movie. Um, but yeah, those are kind of my general thoughts. RJ, what did you Yo. think of Variety Lights? Uh, I had no idea that this was directed by two people. Yeah. So is that the uh, first? Is that a first for us? Ah. Uh, Co-directors no, or no, no. Uh, officially? There, there's at least one other one, and okay. oh, um, most dangerous game, for sure. Because okay. that was had two directors. Because that yep. was yeah, that one for sure. Um, and there's I think there's one yep. other one too where it's like, <laughs> it's kind of like nowadays. There's like the whole guild system that fucks everything up, and like it gets mm-hmm. reflected in like you remember when uh, Sin City came out and like uh, Robert Rodriguez really wanted Frank Miller's name on there as well because he he directed the comics and he basically did yeah. a shot for shot remake and because of like the director guilds associations like there can only be one name and that's yeah. what, and then that's when he left he left the guild and that's why him and Tarantino work non union like they just yeah. like they're, they're they're frustrated with that sort of stuff and. It's probably also a little cost saving and kind of like underhanded and kind of weird, but that's sure. that. I don't. I'm not an actor. I don't. I'm not part of that world, so I don't, I'm not mm-hmm. too informed about it. But that is why you don't see two names on movies too too often outside of like documentaries and stuff like that. Like for film films, you mm-hmm. have to have that. But this is a different era. Um, right. But yeah, continue. Yeah. Uh, no, that was my review. Okay. Uh, well, other thing I'll no, mention I'm is just, so I'm apparently for, I I actually got a book out from the library. Uh, oh, you called, nerd! <laughs> called, uh, called Fellini by Angel Solmi, yeah. and it's from 1967. So this book is hmm. from like pretty close to when this movie was actually made. And he hadn't even finished his career yet. And I guess like from what, what I was reading about this making of this particular movie, uh, Fellini worked with the actors mostly, and Lachuado he worked on the with the technical mm-hmm. side. So he was like, because okay. I mean, this is Fellini's first movie. Because at this point, Fellini like was just like a scriptwriter. Like he was working on like. Um, the Roberto Rossellini movies and stuff like that that are like yeah. really well regarded that I've never seen. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so this was his first kick at the cat. Okay. Um, well, I think people know that uh, I'm not a fan with Fellini. It's a love love hate kind of deal. Uh, when I like when I like his movies, it's kind of begrudgingly because uh, <laughs> there are some of his movies that I really don't like because uh, this guy's just a fart. And he lets me down all the time. Oh. But sometimes he does some stuff that's okay, I guess. Mm. Uh, it's just, you know what? I think, so, so if uh, there's any non-ghoul school creeps that didn't listen to those, we talked about uh, Spirits of the Dead with uh, Fellini in there. And I think you really kind of nailed it on that when you said that um, after you watched La Dolce Vita, you kind of got turned off of Fellini for a while. Yeah, And that's exactly what happened to me. Because I watched that movie and it's like fucking five hours long and we'll talk about it one day on here and I really don't want to watch it again because I don't because that movie is so long and boring. When I was reading about Fellini. <laughs> I saw it's like Ludwig Vita is like his most like celebrated movie. Like he That's got insane. He, he got like I think 12 Academy Award nominations on that thing. It's cr- nuts. Why? Yeah. I know. People people it's, never saw eight and a half. Uh, that movie's a little too weird, though. La Dolce Vita oh. is like, I don't know, it makes more sense to people, but like, yeah. No, okay. that, that, well, one, one day, who knows, like, in years from now, when we actually get to yeah. see that movie again, we'll, we'll see how it goes, and maybe we'll, we'll all have changed our minds by then. But yeah, uh, Toby Dammit, folks, off of the Spirits yeah. of the Dead, uh, anthology, is fantastic. RJ even has to say that he liked it. Yeah, I liked it. It, uh, 
it has probably the coolest representation of the devil ever one of the coolest ever so mm-hmm. uh, i'll get i'll give the fart that one um so yeah i was just i was just setting the scene for a little bit people know i'm a I'm love hate with that Fellini guy. Yeah. Um, I'm not gonna hold this one against him uh, because it doesn't sound like it was his first movie and there was another director. I think it's fine. Yeah, I think I'm pretty much the same as you. Like, it's just a movie uh, yeah. of its time. Mm-hmm. It very much kind of hits all the marks that it's supposed to. I think um, I, I don't think, think it does yeah. anything like special. There's there was never anything that you're just like, oh wow, or like, oh that's cool. Um, it just pretty much plays out how it is. Uh, there was one scene that I thought was kind of funny, but and it was definitely a Fellini thing, mm-hmm. where it's a uh, they all get led into that guy's house because like he's gonna bang the girl, yeah, basically, and they're all chewing the dinner really loud, and it's just them chewing yes. the dinner. And uh, it shows that for a couple of minutes, and I was like, "That's a Fellini thing, I think." Yes, this seems like a like a Fellini deal. Yeah. So um, I thought that was cool. <laughs> uh, watching old movies is funny sometimes because of the language and stuff like that. Uh, when one of the guys gets like double crossed, he calls the other guy a cuckold, and I thought that was kind of <laughs> funny. I was like, "This is where all those uh, alt right males are getting the beta cocks. They're all real big fans of variety lights." Man, this is where cuckold became what, popular again. Watching this movie in 1951, it really uh, feels different here in 2017. Yeah, yeah. But it's like not even like uh, like a year ago. This movie would like, or a year and a half ago, this movie would be like, what, yeah. Because who the fuck's what the, what the fuck cock? Like, like I just well, remember, like, yeah. It's such a strange thing, and now it's like a thing, and everyone knows what a cuck is, or, or, I, they, have, well, or they need, or they need to be. Uh, it's explained to them now because there's like comics about it, yeah. And talking about what a bull is. Yeah. Well, like, I knew what it was because of animal behavior classes. Like, not even classes, like, one paragraph in one book mm-hmm. where it was, like, cuckold birds. And I was like, okay. And then, like, I remember when that term was getting used popular, like, in culture. And I was like, ugh. Well, I don't even like, know if I, I call like it that. culture. It's like a fucking troglodytes. Yeah. Like a meme. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyways, I, I just brought it up because it's, like, it's yeah. funny when you watch old movies because uh, there's another part where, um, they're all, all kind of like walking on the road. They're like, what are we going to do? And one guy's like, well, I'm, I guess I'm just going to go back to selling salami. Or he said something about selling salami. I'm like, that's fun. Yeah. I was like, that's a good line. I don't think it's not supposed to be funny, I don't think, but I thought it was funny. Yeah. Uh, but on the whole, everyone in this movie is just a bunch of perverts, uh, some real Harvey Weinsteins. <laughs> and um, no, I don't know, man. It's I, I feel bad because I don't have a ton to say about it and that's not really intentional it was just i don't there's not much to say it's just kind of you're sarah plain and tall it's just a movie about like people doing stuff but there's nothing really special to it and i don't think anyone's gonna come away from this movie being like oh wow that really that really changed me man yeah no i mean this is like i wouldn't like there's no like actually no one recommends this movie like it is for Fellini completists, I guess. Like, yeah. if you were like, I really want to watch all of Fellini's movies, well, I guess you start at the beginning and then you mm-hmm. watch it and then you go, oh, he gets better, doesn't he? And it's like, yep. And so it's just kind of there. It doesn't have anything. I guess you could start like looking at it, I mean, from like a style perspective and being like, okay, what are the things that are like already present in the movie? And that's kind of what I <laughs> did because like the story itself, it doesn't 
go too crazy or like it hasn't or it's been done better in other places and the other thing i thought of too was like about like film debuts and like what are the great film debuts and i was like i, I came up with a little list of movies that i was like these are really like for first time movies by people these are like really impressive um yeah. one Andrew of getty uh one of those yeah well, but no i mean that's not a great film right yeah like, i know but I like know. uh like blood simple from the coen brothers mm-hmm. that's like a pretty great film uh Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like that movie, like completely changed horror films, and like then the guy went on to do worse movies. Nothing. Like he made well, <laughs> yeah. he made lots of movies, just like they just got worse. And uh, but it's yeah. like, but that for our first movie, it's like holy crap, where did this come from? Yep. Uh, and like how many like then there's like arguable people that I would throw in there, but like Michael Mann's movie Thief is like pretty impressive, I guess, for a first time movie. But yeah, there's like you look at those lists, and it's like a lot of guys aren't like coming out of the gate swinging with like a movie where you're like, yep, that is like a great film. In what about your buddy David Lynch with the racer head? I guess. I mean, yeah, Eraserhead. I thought I mean, you loved that. No, movie. no, yeah, no. I, I kind of like actually. I guess it depends on like what you mean by feature film too, because I guess he did some short films. But yeah, Eraserhead would definitely oh, okay. be there. I mean, that's like a pretty, like still revolutionary movie in every way. So yeah, that's for sure on my list. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd also include uh, the classic film Kids. <laughs> which, oh God, which is not RJ material. <laughs> not anyone material. How about that? Yeah great horror it's a great horror movie um, nah that nah like, i've never I mean, seen it so i don't well, know and you and you probably shouldn't um yeah. so yeah i mean like because like i was thinking of like yeah christopher nolan's following that movie's not very good some people like it okay but i like it but, but I, mean, like, I i know i yeah. i know what you mean yeah but uh yeah so what what is the fellini-esque rj and that's, that's what I asked myself. And it's like, okay, one of the things that's like fairly common and even like the movies that we've watched is like, I mean, caricature, like mm-hmm. a figure of people. Like he has a particular look of people that he looks toward. Um, and just like, yeah. and like the other big thing, oh, I think probably the central thing <laughs> for a lot of his movies is women. Uh, as like objects of desire, the types of women that he has in movies, like they're mm-hmm. fairly like full bodied women. <laughs> like it's like, yeah. it's like kind of a, Freudian kind of the type of woman that he attracts and it's like as he gets later on to his movies like with eight and a half when he has like the the giant like whatever that woman is with the crazy makeup and stuff like that Mm -hmm. like that's like him addressing the fact that yeah he has like this like weird mom fixation um so I mean that's like in this movie here like men's obsessions with them and like it's usually like men that are like Mm -hmm. frustrated in their like creative uh endeavors perverts uh, perverts as you would call as you would call them they're all perverts now Um, and yeah, there's like, yeah, the caricature, the, the carnival, the cavalcade, there's always like Mm -hmm. scenes of like lots of characters moving and coming and going. There's like a lot going on in a scene, uh, lots of movement. This movie has Mm -hmm. way less movement than his other stuff. Like probably the thing I will remember most from variety lights is the like scenes of like the troop on foot walking around. Um, all that stuff with them just like walking around, like down those like dirt roads and stuff like that. I thought those scenes were like quite yeah. good. Like those are probably like the the, the highlights for me. Were those just those scenes well, sure. of like how like downtrodden they kind of appear at times? Um, but here's a a, a definition. Oh sure. Oh, yeah. Oh sure. Uh, here's a, a definition, <laughs> RJ, of Fellini-esque from mm-hmm. one Bernard A. Cook from his book Europe Since 1945, an encyclopedia. 
Fellini-esque has come to mean a certain Italian sophistication, yet earthiness, a fascination with the bizarre, yet a love of simplicity, all wrapped in a flamboyant Mediterranean approach to life and art. These films also contain magical moments that transcended realism, and they introduced the world to a certain flamboyant lyricism we now label Fellini-esque. Um, so I mean, this like movie... I say Mediterranean. Yeah, <laughs> that's a that's yeah. a funny way to describe yeah. it. Well, that's the world that it comes from. <laughs> It's, it's yeah, not, it's, I, I it's know. Not, it's, it's not just, just a food marketing label. <laughs> no, I know. It's just it's a funny way. It's like how Mediterranean of a the of filmmaking. Yeah, it's I guess it's fancy. what whatever it's, whatever. It's just fancier way of saying Italian. Italian. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. So then my mind kind of wandered. I was like thinking about like how like Fellini films. I think are like more of like a cinematic universe than like fucking yeah. Marvel movies. <laughs> like, which oh, is yeah. like, it's this weird word. And it's like, I hate the word cinematic universe, but I was just like thinking about like, yeah, when you're watching a Fellini movie, oh. it doesn't take that much. Like you probably deduce that you're watching a Fellini movie pretty quick. And I suppose it's true of like Marvel movies as well, because in their blandness and yeah. like, uh, I don't know, like with Fellini or like any of like the guys that get esque or Ian like handles, like, Fellini does, Stanley Kubrick, John Ford, yeah. Charlie Chaplin, whatever. Like, you, Barnloaf. Barnloaf. Um, I was going to ask RJ, have you ever seen anyone online drop an unironic Nolan esque? Nolan esque? Like, yeah. uh, pr- honestly, probably. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I probably have, but I couldn't tell you of any. Um, I follow uh, Nolan fans on Twitter, so I'm pretty sure they probably dropped one on there once or twice. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, mean, I was trying to think of like the worst like esque that I've seen. Like I was like, uh, this I don't like think very... Nolan esque would be the worst. No, I would no, think, but like, I was trying to Ratner-esque, think. Ratner esque. <laughs> Weinstein esque. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Gummo esque. Mm. Stuff like that. See, Salo esque. Salo. Oh, well, those are like those would be apt to describe certain things because um, mm. they're they're one of I a guess. kind. They're very iconic. Then, of course, if you see Salo yeah. esque, RJ goes the other direction. Bye bye. Uh, yeah, I guess. No. Yeah. So it it would be useful then. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So I mean, this movie is like just an okay 1950s Italian romantic comedy. I guess exactly about show business and fucking around. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I mean, I'd say that this movie actually kind of perfectly captures like the one aspect of like being a film in the criterion mm-hmm. collection, uh, our commitment to publishing the defining moments of cinema for a wider, wider audience. And I mean, I'd say that like, it's like the film debut of Federico Fellini is like an iconic moment that should be like kept. And it's good that it's mm-hmm. in the collection. But as you, as I was mentioning, like if you look in letterbox, like no one's watched this movie. Um, mm-hmm. and no one's kicking down anyone's doors. Cause like, even in like the, that book I got out, they basically say it's like, yeah, this movie's not a success. Um, right. And then they kind of say, well, there's a lot going on. But I mean, from like one bit, one, talk. one bit of the production I read here was like, it sounds like the first half of the movie was shot from the script, but then the second half was like far more improvised. And it was like Fellini kind mm-hmm. of like trying to do more than he could, which is why like I do kind of remember like the second half felt odd compared to the first half. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like, it's sort of like, that was definitely when my interest definitely dropped more in the movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So, I mean, there's like this stuff like that, I suppose. Um, as far as who hates this movie, no one really, uh, one yeah. 
one person here, two stars. This is and this is like I think the lowest review that are, that is English. Silly. <laughs> hey man, that's one of the straightest, most honest, and just outright best bad reviews we've ever had on the show. Yeah. Other than that one, wasn't there a guy once who said something about butts or like hey butts or I don't know. There was a really funny one one time. <laughs> Anyways, we'll get there one day. Uh, yeah. And then someone named B Lan gave us two and a half stars and said, "Rough start into Fellini's filmography." Oh, well, that's it. I mean, he's he's to the point at least. Yep. Yeah. There was no yeah. no vitriol, it's, and it seems like most people are just kind of like, "Yeah, this movie's okay. It's not bad." Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. So there you go, folks. Really setting the world on fire with <laughs> our like, yep, variety lights. This well, is a movie. If anyone's asking or wonders, okay. that's why it's that's why bad. we didn't do Ghoul School this week is because we we, we were both like this movie's fine, but yeah. there's not really a yeah. ton to talk about. Yeah, it's not which bad. is true. Yeah, it's not a bad movie. <laughs> yeah, but. it's not bad. It's just very there. Yep, very there. <laughs> very there. No. Nice. Um, okay then. All right. Well, I guess we're done the show for good. Awesome. Um, after the break, Cuckold's Weinstein. Ugh. Come on. Fuck. One day we will never talk about those things again. Um, I hope it's today. It could very well be. Who knows what will happen between now and next week. I had a way that tomorrow you're having a very important meeting with a older powerful man do you think that you will be asked to be giving any sexual favors to get ahead in your vocation nah dog if you knew me and the amounts of people think i talk about butts and dumps on the show but if you knew how much i talk about that in the real world you would understand just how much people don't want to talk to me about stuff and just how little sexual favors would be on that list of things to talk about Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well just less talk more action baby oh you sound like uh, kevin spacey now (sighs) you can email us at criteriaincrease at gmail.com and tell us about who has touched you inappropriately no without without consent um we got a facebook page we're on instagram we're on the letter book, letter books, letterbox. The letter bo- you nerd. Uh, I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnloaf. We're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes. Spine number 82, RJ. 
it's Shakespeare time. Nice. You look excited though, because RJ, it's Hamlet. Yeah, but you you know what? I'm uh, gonna. Oh, uh, oh uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So the, the <laughs> Hamlet that we're watching is directed by Laurence Olivier. It's from mm-hmm. some year or another. He's back, Laurence Olivier. One of the <laughs> at this point, one of the worst directors in the Criterion Creep uh, project. But uh, there's another Hamlet that I'm aware of. Uh, mm-hmm. It also stars uh, Kenneth, Kenneth Brana, I believe. And I know RJ's a big Kenneth Brana fan, being a big, big defender of uh, Thor. Uh, big thespian. Yeah, big thespian yeah. that he is. And I, I don't believe that there's been a Hamlet made by anybody else ever. Nope, none of importance. No. Except for Mel Gibson. <gasps> I'm going to watch the fuck out of that one. Stay tuned, Baby. folks. Good night. Wow.